0: On this episode of AV Week, Solotech acquires Morris Light and Sound, Pearl Technology acquires IAS, and recreating the spirit of users. All this and more on this episode of AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This,
2: this is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week 497. We're legit. Support for AV
2: Nation is brought to you by
1: Extron, industry-leading technology backed
3: by world-class support. And by Peerless AV, driving
0: technology through innovation.
1: And by Draper, focused on innovative solutions.
0: Welcome to this episode of AV Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.TV. Obviously, I'm filling in for Tim this week, and we are pleased to be joined by uh, three of my good friends. First, we have the one and only Don Mead. She is a senior AV architect for a company, and that's where <laughs> we're leaving that. How are you, Don?
3: Very good, here in the undisclosed location in uh, the central eastern coast of the United States.
0: That's so specific too. I love it. I'm somewhere in America. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in America today. Then we have uh, Christopher Hope. He is the owner of Equity Intelligence and the co-founder of The Loop Lab. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Nice to be on the show again. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for being here. And last and certainly not least, we have Brittany Board. She is a marketing manager at USAV. How are you doing, Brittany?
1: I'm well. Thanks for having
0: me. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to kick this off with a couple of things. There's been a, a, a slew of acquisitions, but before we do, Dawn is fangirling again over the fact that the uh, OLEDs, specifically, I believe the LG OLEDs okay, won an I'll Emmy uh, last week, late last week, I think it was announced mm-hmm. uh, for, for a combination of things. One, for the, the, the massive increase of user experience that OLED has brought to experiencing media, uh, but also the groundbreaking way in which they've been using OLEDs in specifically the Mandalorian as their virtual background for for all their set productions. They're not using a green screen, which is the, the stereotypical way in which that's done. Don, how excited were you to see this?
3: I literally squealed in my cubicle at work getting lots <laughs> of funny looks. Um, And it actually, I love you, Matt, but it broke my heart. Tim wasn't here because Mm -hmm. Tim and I have fangirled and fanboyed this technology for over a decade now. If you've watched AV Nation or listened to AV Nation more than five minutes in the past decade, you've heard one or both of us ranting about how awesome uh, OLED technology is. So winning this massive award, and I mean, you know, it's the Emmys, people that have no idea that AV is even an industry industry know the Emmys. You know, it's like the Emmys, the Oscars, the Grammys, you know, it's practically an EGOT. Um, so I, I'm super excited about it. I think it's bringing OLED more into the mainstream. Hopefully that'll bring our manufacturer prices down and I will have it in my living room very soon.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> we're, we're getting close. Chris, you were, you were excited to hear this too. What, what oh, yeah. about, cause it's not, it's not unheard of for tech to win an award or win an Emmy or a Grammy or something like that but it's not common.
2: Right. It's not common, and I think that it happening at the Emmys, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 affirmation of the shifting of the guard, if you will, especially uh-huh. when you talk about, like, visual effects. So I'm a fan of The Mandalorian, you know, just just spoiler alert there. And to learn that in The Mandalorian, you know, when we talk about the visual effects behind it, you know, it's, it's not CGI, that it's actually the OLED screens that they used for it. And the fact that they, they you know, here we have this technology um, that is supplanting the, the green screen, you're gonna start to see other studios now using this technology and setting a new standard across the board. And it's it's one of those things where it's it's going to be cheaper, it's going to really be something that is a potentially a game changer. And I think it's justifying kind of like what Don said, you know, the OLED technology, which is, you know, I think 10 years past of being in the making, um, you know, and it, <laughs> you know to, to kind of justify what she said, but I, I, I definitely do agree that it's exciting um, and it definitely makes a huge statement with, within the AV world. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm similarly very excited about this this move and the future of filmmaking.
0: I'm, I'm really intrigued with the, the filmmaking side of it strictly because of how it may expedite production to not have to go back in and, and, and map a green screen across multiple cameras and multiple right. views. It, it's, it might be really, really cool to watch, see what comes down the pipe. All right, yeah, let's- I, I'm,
3: I'm also very excited to have one more thing that I can point to and tell my 80-year-old mother, no, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years on, we're still trying to explain commercial AV. Right.
2: <laughs> and, and just on the filmmaking side, you know, think about how much money goes into the post-production, mm-hmm. right, VFX, and uh, just thinking around now, OLED being so common, well, hopefully one day being so commonplace that I can imagine how much money will be saved, hopefully, Yeah, Uh, expense wise. So the the potential for this, you know, is is exciting. Um, Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of ramifications of that. Yeah, it's very far-reaching.
1: Well, I want to add. You also have to think that the film industry is always ahead of everybody else, and the fact that they're using some of the top technology in the AV industry, you have to think that that's going to start trickling down to residential, and these 4K TVs are soon going to become out to date. With mm. the new 8K, you know, we started mm-hmm. seeing 8K pretty prominent at Infocom back in 2019, the last time we had mm. Infocom, and I just think that's going to become uh, the gateway.
0: It's it's as somebody who, if you don't know, I play in both worlds. I play in commercial and a little bit in residential as well. We're starting to see the push for 8K in residential, and it's not the major studios that are pushing that, of course it's all of the digital online uh, media that's coming and you're seeing not, it, it's not always the, you know, the executive at home who's saying, Hey, I want, I want an 8K projector. It's their, their kids saying, Hey, we filmed this on our galaxy or our, you know, whatever phone it was, we filmed this in 8K. In what can you, what can you do so we can see this in the theater or in the kitchen? It, it's such a, Again, we're, we're I think we're kind of at that turning point where there are things in residential that will push commercial, which doesn't happen that often. Um, the last major time was obviously you know iPad and, and mobile, but I think the the resolution boost is going to come from the resi side again, uh, opposed to the commercial. All right, let's let's kick off with a couple of stories. I'm going to combine a a few here from commercial integrator Solo Tech is set to acquire. Morris Light and Sound, uh, as well as from AviNation.tv, Pearl Technology is going to acquire uh, IAS Technology. What makes, and, and these are obviously two separate stories, but what makes these stories kind of interesting is on the Solotech side, uh, you're, you're adding Morris, which is huge in uh, live production and uh, uh, events touring. Um, it is a vertical that Solotech had, uh, but this is obviously really bringing it in. Don, when you see these kinds of high level acquisitions where you're you're really adding a vertical you're not building a vertical from within you're not building that vertical from the ground up you're you're buying it um is that a trend that you expect to see continue
3: well it's definitely a smart way of going about things um having worked for a small integrator back in the past that tried to break into a new vertical There's a big learning curve, especially, you know, if you're going into healthcare or if you're going into um, finance or or government or, you know, some verticals have some very steep learning curves involved Mm -hmm. in taking them on. And if you don't already have folks with that experience in your staff, it's going to be a rough road to, you know, to drive on. So by acquiring someone that already has expertise in a particular vertical or even a particular region of the country or of the world, mm-hmm. and you already know the local customs, you know that is a very smart way of getting into that market, be it a vertical market or a regional market, that you wouldn't otherwise, you know, be able to do as easily. It, it, it's definitely a shortcut. So you know, kudos for taking that road. And I think it speaks also to, and this kind of goes into the other story, the the greater recognition. Of the av industry that over the past five years i think we've seen a lot of mergers and acquisitions within and without the av industry buying into the av industry from hedge funds to other integrators to semi-related industries over here that kind of cross over into our world and i think that's at long last some recognition much like the emmy thing that av is for real you know we're legit we have expertise in various areas that are worth acquiring. And I'm excited by it. And I think it's going to continue.
0: Yeah, very good. Christopher, when you when you see this, one of the things that kind of, I, I don't want to say concerns me, and you have to preface this with the fact that I'm Canadian, Canada is still significantly more shut down than the US. But one of the things that I see, and, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that with the the year of tours not happening concerts not happening events not happening that there will be shall we say a, a larger market of available or easily attainable um tour-based companies is that is that something that you you perceive to to be coming to pass or is that just a, a nature of the beast
2: I think that, uh, Matt, at the end of of the day, you're going to see more and more of these mergers happening, um, more of the adoption of these uh, verticals. um, Companies that are going to see the need to acquire uh, the kinds of services that are on one end, um, going to allow them to have the audio, video, and virtual capabilities to not only support their current customer base, but also to be able to grow um, you know, to new to adopt new customers and partners, and to provide uh, some of those, those those virtual events and virtual services uh, that are needed. You know, so for for example, a big industry now is those virtual event services. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a major major industry um, that that is something that equity intelligence that we provide. Um, as actually, as the, the my company equity intelligence, we're the only black owned. Um, uh, MBE, Minority Business um, Enterprise, through the National Diversity Supplier Council that provides uh, that particular service. So like there's such a huge opportunity there in the market for companies to adopt businesses that provide these kinds of services. So adding that audio visual, um, as well as IT and integration really um, provides uh, companies that maybe that may not be their specialty, uh, mm-hmm. Provides uh, so much expansion and uh, opportunity. With that being said, something that Jeremy uh, Caldera, the CEO of IS, said uh, really got my my the, the wheels in my head turning, which was, I'm looking forward to working with an even large, a bigger client base, and to have the support of the IT team at Pearl mm-hmm. Technology. So. On one hand, we talk about AV, but another aspect is the IT aspect, right? So yeah. it's not just AV, but it's also the integration of AV with IT um, that we also have to talk about. That, you know, again, the the, the fact is AV and IT, again, are, are becoming more and more one in the same, are one in the same in many ways. Uh, so I, I also, on a, as a side note, I, I really say that that also influences a lot of this expansion.
0: I'm really glad you brought that up because that's where we were going with the next question. when you when you see what Pearl has done in, in the acquisition of IAS, I don't think it's the the first IT company that has, you know acquired an AV company, but it's not something we hear about a lot. Brittany, is this is this the the IT companies looking at the AV side and saying, you know, it's just easier to buy an AT, or an AV company that can work within our, our IT world, and we're not going to butt heads with them? Or is it, is it more, you know, kind of to Don's point that, that we're now legit, that if you're going to offer an AV, or sorry, an IT solution, that you also have to have the ability to offer that AV solution. Otherwise, y- your clients are going to have to go somewhere else.
1: I think it really just comes down to a big trend that we're seeing, which is the diversification of disciplines, right? So our integrators, part of the USAV group, our integrators are being faced with the obstacle of their clients needing a one-stop shop. Their budgets are being cut because of decrease in sales and projects. Um, Projects are being put on hold because of shutdowns. So these integrators are needing to find ways that they can provide all the services that they're their clients need in one fell swoop, and these these acquisitions provide that opportunity for our integrators and for the um, the AV and and IT industries to offer that one stop shop.
0: Don, is this something that you feel in the in the foreseeable future you will not find a a singular focused AV company that the mass majority of AV companies from, you know, the, the, the huge integrators to the small mom and pop shops, that if they can't actively play in multiple disciplines, that they will cease to exist.
3: I think it's already happening. Um, I know of the four or five small mom and pop integrators that I've worked for in my career, I think only one of them is still in business and they've shifted their business model almost exclusively to an IT services with some AV related. Um, I mean, a lot of them have folded. A lot of them have been acquired by larger AV companies just to get those CTSDs that they happen to have on staff or, you know, uh, you know, take over that big client that was the one big client mom and pop had. Um, it, it really is something that is ubiquitous in today's business world. Um, you know, kind of to Brittany's point, We are sort of under the IT umbrella now, but I can speak for my own company just internally. They pulled us out of communications. AAV used to be communications. They pulled us out of there and stuck us under IT. And after about two years under IT, the IT people were like, we need to work with you, but we don't know what you're talking about. So we're going to pull you out from under us and just make you your own thing over here, but you got to work with us. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things that, you have to have some of that skill set. I've been preaching it on my own show, and every time I show up here, integrators like go to school, learn some IT stuff, take some CTS I class or CTSN classes, and take some you know of the networking things that that Avixa and other organizations offer. Because if you can't offer something more than just here's your screen, here's your bra- or a black box to plug into your computer, you're not going to be in business. You're probably not in business already. You're probably thinking, what have I done with the past 40 years of my life? So, you know, it, it's it's where we are. It's 2021, might not feel like it because of the pandemic, but this is where we are. This is what you have to be focusing on. And that's multidisciplinary, you know, the guys that just used to do what they called video that was VTC and UCC, they're part of the greater AV package now. The The digital out of home, just digital signage guys, a lot of them are under the greater AV package. You know, IT services and IT integration with the AV, all under that package now. And if you don't have at least some skills in those areas, I'm not hiring you.
0: <laughs> so if you if you missed it, Don said go to school. That's right. Uh, that's what. Never you stop learning, kids. Never stop learning. All right. Come to the Loop Lab. Come to the Loop Lab. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. I, hey, I'm down with a shameless plug. That's that's all good. All right, let's uh, hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from Av Interactive. A Saudi meeting room is recreating the spirit of the users by utilizing a a ton of Arthur Home uh, re- retractable display solutions. They've combined a way to capture the spirit of end users at Prince Mohammed bin Fahad University in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Chris, let me let me come back to you on this this is a one this is a really stinking cool installation and i will i, I will happily disclose that anytime i see author home uh, loaded in a boardroom i just get all goose bumpy it, it just it's such a sexy cool product but what we're seeing here is you know I, again a really good use of trying to involve everyone in the room is that the is that going to become, or has that become the gold standard for how to properly do
2: a boardroom? I think that making something elegant, um, you know, like when I I saw, you know, the picture of this and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, right? You know, you got this nice, like, wonderful blend of furniture design. You have courtesy boxes with concealed tissue, water bottles. Uh, There's a lot of comfort. Uh, it depends I, I, whether or not this is the future of th- an experience like this. I, I, I th- it would be a matter of preference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I don't know where to go with the story only because it's, it's I, I I think it really is in the eyes of the beholder, um, right? Like AV is all about enhancing the communication experience, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately. So if part of that is uh, in, uh, definitely geared towards luxury and, you know, in, in, sa- in safety and, in um, some of those aspects, then yeah, sure. Um, for me, it doesn't speak to my spirit. <laughs> uh, it, it, just to be honest, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to pass the mic to Don and Brittany on this one. <laughs> Brittany,
0: when when you see this and, and given what Chris just said, on one hand, I I absolutely love it. I love the the concept of not only having a display right in front of you. I'm I'm to the age where I don't own readers yet but I probably should because I can't see anything that's far away. Shut up, Don. No one asked you to laugh. Um, I got my first readers this year. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that in the uh, all the armchairs that are that are at the side of the the boardroom where, you know, somebody who's obviously not at the table but still needs to get information that they have a pop-up armrest a la, you know, your your first class seat in an airplane. I, I I love that, but I also get where Chris is coming from, that this can also get to a point where it's too much. How do you go about taking a client who really wants either that super tech experience, and they want the push the button in the Arthur Home stuff to come up and do its fancy fades, um, as well as the, the the client who's like, you know what this room seats 20 people and we'll put a 50 inch on the wall down there it'll be fine. How do you how do you balance that?
1: it comes down to identifying who the audience is who who are the people that you're wanting this technology to please? Is it you as the company owner or is it the clients that you're bringing in or is it the projects that you're showcasing? Um, keeping that in mind, it really helps narrow that focus and that the purpose of the install um, I'm with Chris you know it's it's neat, it's cool looking but is it really practical? Um, I could see that kind of a setup being more of like a showroom for products and somebody coming in and saying like okay I just want to do the monitors and the armrest of the chairs because our boardroom is big but we're gonna have to spread everybody out because of social distancing. And then that's it. Like I don't see somebody coming in and doing a full-fledged install of what this boardroom in the article talks about. It just doesn't seem practical at this point. Um, while it is cool and and it has some really neat things, um, you just kind of have to remember who's the audience and who is this who is this pleasing? Is it pleasing you or the customer?
0: Well, they're bursting uh,
2: my bubble. I'll 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 share the from the certified technology specialist side of it. For me, it feels very impractical in the sense of like form follows function at all times, right? And so for me, it's like, okay, w- the form follows function in the sense of, you know, who is this for and what are you looking to do? So maybe like like uh, Brittany referred earlier, like it, if, if this is a showroom and we're just trying to do something really cool here, then yeah, okay, th- that could be a demo in Vegas or, or <laughs> in Dubai. Yeah, fine. But yeah, it might be very impractical if we're trying to set this up in every single conference room over the country. Um, But on a moral side of it, because I'm going to go there morally, uh, the money that could go into this rather than some of the young at-risk adults that I work with at the Loop Lab that could get them into opportunities to get into the audio video industry that could create and save their lives, but also provide pipelines to empower the pro AV industry itself, I mean, one of these seats or chairs itself, <laughs> the consoles itself, could literally <laughs> empower eighteen of my students in one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the, on a moral level, ethical level, yeah, like of course I'm going to feel a type of way. Um, so if I if I if I seem kind of like flustered, that's where that comes from. So mm-hmm. that so I, I just want to I want to speak truth to power about that end of it. Yeah, no, but no, aside no. from all that, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting, <laughs> you know, conference room. room Don? <laughs> my, my, t- my take
3: is I'm sure I am not the only person that's been an integrator or an end user, more likely integrators, in the industry that goes to Infocom every year and just makes a list of the coolest, shiniest, neatest, mm-hmm. sexiest products that, oh my God, I'm going to put this in my back pocket and just pray for the day that I get the client and the use case to install this. Yes, this is like the coolest thing. Arthur Home has literally been one of those companies in my back pocket almost as long as I've been in the industry. When I first heard of them, I was like, those guys and the guys with the little servalier things that drop down, uh, you know, and at Infocom. And there's like four or five other companies that have these just cool, random, awesome technology things that I just wanna play with and I just wanna put in that right, perfect integration. And realistically, we don't always have that. Our customer base, our use cases, they don't match up. I even did a pilot two years ago of another cool, cool technology, didn't work out for that customer and that use case in my organization. Yesterday, I had a meeting with a different organ- uh, group within the organization that it is the use case for. And I finally get to work on that particular project. So, you know, Arthur Holm, this fits this for me. Mm-hmm. That's who they are. And, you know, morally, yeah, Christopher, you're right. That money could be used for a whole lot of better good in the world, but so could a lot of money that, you know, Bezos and Cuban and whoever have, gates have, you know. So unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast. If you're putting in a conference room at the biggest head of OPEC in the Middle East with all these oil billionaires and sheiks and royalty, you're going to have some sexy bells and whistles and marble walls and gold plated, I don't know, toilet seats. If you're putting in a nonprofit, or a government facility, or, you know, just uh, the the small shop down the street, you're not going to have the need for this. It's not the right case. It's not the right situation. So I'm excited to see this particular install because they are the group that can afford to and want that experience. And in that regard, it's pretty badass.
0: All right. Let's leave it there. Thank you all for joining us. Brittany, if people want to connect with you, learn more about USAV, where can they do that?
1: They can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, USAV Group. Also on the web, usavgroup.net. And be sure to watch out. I'm going to do a shameless plug. Hey, if Chris gets to, we get to. Uh Check out our next gen education being held at PSA Tech in May, as well as early this summer, late this summer.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, ma'am. Mr. Hope, thank you, sir. If people want to connect with you, learn more about uh, Equity Intelligence or the Loop Lab, where can they do that?
2: All right. Thank you, Matt. Uh, If people want to learn more about my business, uh, Equity Intelligence, they can go to promotingequity.com. That is promotingequity.com. And if they want to learn more about the Loop Lab, they can go to thelooplab.org. Yeah, definitely check Loop Lab out. That is a a fantastic nonprofit
0: there. Don, my friend, if people want to connect with you, uh, not learn anything about your company, uh, but maybe (laughs) see your podcast, where can they do that?
3: Uh, people probably know about my company, but I'm not allowed to tell you about it or I'd have to kill you. So you won't find me there unless you see me at a show at Infocom, if we ever get to have Infocom. In the meantime, if you're looking for me, you can find me on the socials and the interwebs and all that fun stuff. I'm usually at AV Dawn or Don Mead with an E on the end, just like General George. And you can always, of course, find me here on avnation.tv, hosting the AV social show, and showing up on av week and the other shows as much as they'll let me because i like to talk
0: (laughs) not even sure how to follow that one up (laughs) it's the truth (laughs) thanks again uh for joining us if you'd like to connect with me you can find me at matt d scott on twitter and pretty much every other social platform but more importantly please stop by avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover